Hi everyone, welcome back to What I Cried About. On this episode, I am talking with my longtime friend, Roisin. She is a singer and songwriter from New York, and I'm so excited to have her on today. Before we get started, I want to note that this episode does contain conversation about topics such as sexual assault, harassment, death, suicide, anxiety, and domestic abuse. So if you're not comfortable listening to that, um, you can either skip over those parts or not listen to this episode. And if you do choose to continue listening, we really appreciate your support. And if not, we'll see you again for the next episode. Thanks so much for being here and welcome to this episode of What I Cried About. so much for having me i'm really I'm so excited so, I, I feel like we haven't talked in a really long time i know it's like we'll we'll catch up so much and it'll feel like we never stop talking but then we'll go like a little bit it's like oh damn we really need to catch up on things <laughs> it's weird because i feel like i have like nothing going on with the like the pandemic but then my days yeah. are so full and like how am i mm-hmm. like emotionally full too that's for sure yeah <laughs> pause yes <laughs> That's the perfect wording. Oh. All right, so the time has come for me to ask you then. Okay. What did you cry about that you would like to share with us this week? What did I cry about this week? Oh, so I just started back to work. Well, not just started. The time is really mushing. I went back to work um, just before the 4th of July, which was very difficult after spending so much time to myself and like working for myself and on my own time. And I think having taken the break really showed me some things that I was becoming kind of like desensitized and like used to at work. And now it's like, I don't really want to be putting up with this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't just keep saying like, oh, like, I'll just push through. I'll just push through. It's like some, some like hard things that are really like emotionally and mentally draining. So I've definitely been coming home from long shifts, just kind of venting to whoever wants to listen to me. Um, So I've been trying to go for runs so that maybe I can come back with a little bit more of a clear head. But usually I'll just like break down. And I think this week, the thing that stuck out the most, that was the most frustrating is my general manager and a lot of the people in the restaurant, a lot of the men in the restaurant Mm -hmm. happen to be um, very sexist. And it's incredibly frustrating dealing with not only being like catcalled and stuff every time you walk into the kitchen or feeling uncomfortable walking into the kitchen sometimes depending on who's there, but just like everything being like held on the girls and the boys not being held to the same standard. Mm. Like if I did any of like some of the stuff that the boys did at work, I would be, like, taken to the side, yelled at, like, I don't even know, maybe fired. But, like, the boys, it's, like, they'll do stuff, and our manager will come back to one of the girls or me, and somehow it's our fault. And it's so, it's so frustrating. So not only, like, are you dealing with what you were talking about, but also you don't have anyone to, like, support you on a higher level? Yeah, no. I was talking to someone about it in my, like, circle of friends, and... 
they were saying, well, wh why don't you go up any higher? And I just laughed because honestly, the owner and the manager are best friends and oh. the owner is honestly probably just worse. And how frustrating. is it like a lot of you there that, I mean, how many people do you work with that, like you said, you were talking about it with other people, but mm -hmm. is there a lot of like girls who work there and you have, do you have each other to talk to or is it kind yeah. of like... So it's mostly girls at like the counter because um, I've been on there's like a takeout side and a, a main side and we all talk about it with each other that we're just so fed up because one of the, the girls um, has worked there through the whole like pandemic and everything and the tips were actually pretty high during that time people were tipping a lot there were a lot of takeout orders so they were making like a good amount of money. And our general manager asked if it was okay that her hourly pay was cut for the time being, which she was like, okay, that's fine. Like I'm making a lot of tips. It won't really have that large of an effect, but then her pay never went back to mm -hmm. what it was. And it wasn't like the general manager didn't know because he made comments along the lines of, well, if, if you guys were working harder um, or you guys were bringing in more money for the restaurant, then maybe I would consider raising your pay again. And so she felt incredibly disrespected because every single day that she was going into work, she was risking her own health and the health of her family members as well. Yeah. And she agreed to help out the restaurant by taking a lower hourly pay. And then it was just thrown back in her face. Well, I would feel disrespected too yeah especially yeah. I can't even imagine receiving that comment of like working harder no one is working harder than the people in restaurants in, pan in the pandemic oh and that's the that's the other thing dealing with customers that also gets me going <laughs> I was gonna ask you I know I was gonna, I was just thinking you know I see a lot about it on Twitter and things like that mm -hmm. of people essential workers who uh, tell their story on Twitter but how's your experience been with the customers some of them are so lovely. <laughs> like That's some good. We'll just like be like, how are you guys doing? Um, just like genuinely asking how things are and right. they'll leave like such good tips and they'll be so helpful. They'll like follow protocol. They'll just pull up into the parking lot like right out front and just open the trunk and like talk to us through the car. So like we're not even really like close to them. Mm -hmm. and they'll like have a tip left in the trunk for us and it's like wow this oh, is wow. great like that's so nice <laughs> um and then other people it's like they walk in without a mask on and we're like you have to have a mask on and they're like well I can't breathe and I'm like that's oh, not no. possible <laughs> <laughs> unless you made your mask yourself and you picked a fabric that is impossible for oxygen molecules to pass through <laughs> Um, and then just like questions and they'll get mad at us. Like we've been out of a lot of things. There was a meat shortage and I work at a smokehouse, which is a moral issue for me. <laughs> um, <but> regardless, <laughs> regardless, I have to make money. Um, so we work at a smokehouse and there was a meat shortage in the U S as I'm sure a lot of people know. And we've been out of a few items and people will just be like, what? Like that's acceptable. Or our prices went up because of the meat shortage. Mm -hmm. And they're like, 
well, how, how come the prices have raised so much? Like I've been coming here for years and I'm just like, well, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a pandemic <laughs> happening. Uh, and that's like things that I can't control. And like yesterday, someone yelled at me, there was a big storm in our area yesterday. Um, and a bunch of trees and power lines and everything came down. And oh, wow. I had people saying like, like, well, I can't get online. There's no Wi-Fi. How am I supposed to put my order in? Like all this stuff. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't control the weather. I don't control when your your lights come on. I don't control the Wi-Fi. Like I'm just here to take your order. <laughs> Please make this as easy as possible for me. Really flattered that you think I'm that talented, but right? I'm like, I hate to okay. report that I don't control the Wi-Fi <laughs> service. <laughs> like, let me just play the creator of all. Oh, yeah, let me let just me, let me just call him. <laughs> let me let me just call Cuomo. <laughs> let you know when the pandemic's gonna be over. Oh man. So it's it's honestly like I can make jokes about it, but it it honestly has been something that's like been really difficult and. Once, like, a few of us started voicing our, like, frustrations, we realized that everyone was kind of bottling up these frustrations because mm-hmm. it's it's so easy to just kind of, like, let it roll off your back and roll off your shoulders and not kind of pay any mind to it. And Alexandria Cortez um, talked about that in her speech when she was saying that um, she's so used to, like, disrespect which is terrible, but she's so used to it. Like, it, she doesn't take it personal anymore. Like, she's worked as, like, a server in a restaurant. She's worked in bars. Right. And um, I think, like, as female, you just grow accustomed to, like, putting up with whatever people are saying and just kind of not paying any mind to it. And I know, like, for me at least, my mom always said, like, don't even make a comment back. Like, don't feed into it because mm-hmm. it'll just make it worse. Um but it just sucks. Like all of us have done that and we haven't really talked about it, but now we're really feeling like this is ridiculous. Like we got to get out of here and find like somewhere else to go. But at the same time, it's like, well, am I really going to find somewhere where this isn't going to happen? Right. No, it's true. Um, I was actually looking at at part-time jobs online yesterday and like everyone I saw as I was scrolling through, I had this, like, unplaceable feeling of, like, I want to say apprehension or, like, dread Mm -hmm. about getting a job again. I always thought, I don't want to get a job, but then I realized, like, it's not that I don't like working, because I just, I did a whole internship and loved it. Like, I've done work before. (laughs) Um, The fear comes from, like, the management. Like, I was thinking back on all my, all my job experiences. I've never had a job that like I felt like comfortable or like supported in by the people who were above me and I can't fortunately think of a time where I felt harassed in like a sexual way or like in that manner that was by people who weren't the customers because I've like I worked a beer cart at a golf course once and Mm -hmm. let me tell you that men with children don't don't hold back but (laughs) which is wild (laughs) but it's just like you shouldn't have to <laughs> there shouldn't be a or maybe actually maybe there should be I was gonna say there shouldn't be um like a sense of fear on looking for jobs but imagine if there was something that you could scroll through a job and be like the comfort like the comfort level of working here you could like oh I'm uncomfortable working here or I feel good working here like a yelp yeah yeah or like 
people who work at the place. That's actually really cool. Right. And then you could be like, don't work here. It's terrible. And then you can like swipe left, swipe right. Is <laughs> <laughs> this a good match for me? <laughs> All right. New business idea. I'm starting that because I was just about to say, there's no way for these these cultures to be replaced unless the people who create them choose for them to be gone because yeah they can just say oh work somewhere else if you don't like it which is not yeah. a reality for, not something that's attainable for a lot of people or something that people want to do yeah I was talking about that exact idea with um like another person close in my circle like I I get like I could find somewhere else to work but it's also it's so hard to adjust like I, I'm trying to outweigh is it going to be like easier to get to know like all new people a whole new job right and but like still run the possibility of experiencing the same type of treatment or like should I just stay where like I already know so much like I've worked at the same restaurant for five years now so like I know the ins and outs of everything right so uh, it's just it's really hard and it's hard to feel like stuck like that but, like, I, I really don't know. Because it's also, like, if, well, if I speak up or if I try to say anything, like, like I could also just be the one fired. Right. It's, like, weighing the cost of yeah. dealing with it versus not. And then I don't even know if people are, like, really hiring right now, if they need more help or, mm. like, if places aren't looking to hire, if you'd have to do, like, a quarantine to start working or what. Right, right. Yeah, it was actually, like, hearing Alexandria Cortez talk about that, I was just like, ugh. Like, everyone, every woman feels that. Yeah. I, I hate saying that it's unbelievable, but it's unbelievable that she had to do that at her job, which is, con like, being a congresswoman. Yeah, that, 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 that happened on the steps of the Capitol. Like, it was on the steps of the Capitol, right? I, I don't remember I believe it was. And it was another congressman, right? Right. Like, exactly. Like, if it's happening there, like, <laughs> like you can only imagine what, what happens at, like, small local-owned businesses if it's, if it's literally happening all the way up. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, on the public stage, but, I mean, no comment. No comment. Things happen on the public stage without without. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, I think it comes down to the consequences. Like there are no consequences. Like there's so many things that happen. Just where I work, and it's like no one's held accountable, and no one gets in trouble. And even when like big things happen, and someone complains, the person still works there. Right. So like, how how is anything to change if no one's holding anyone accountable? Right, because it just is discouraging. Like, yeah, why create a whole fuss if you're not going to get your result out of it? I think that even comes down to, like, why so many victims of assault and abuse don't even come forward. It's so true. No, it's so true because, like you said, you're weighing all these options. And that, like everything, is weighing your options. Yeah. Like, is it worth it? Is it not? to say something or to just believed? deal with exactly and it's like it's so and stuff that matters so much like that like the risk is increases more at least the perceived risk of the person who like is deciding mm -hmm. and so many things just go on 
unreported or unheard and people just are suffering and it just like the people who say oh why why don't they why don't they like there's clearly a like a dynamic that the, those people don't understand mm-hmm. and it's like wow lucky you that you don't understand that but yeah even just coming from a place of like the trauma that one has to even just process first right. before they even are ready to speak on it yeah like that you have to make sense of it yourself first before you can try to share it with other people this this could be unrelated but this is also something that's been affecting me and I'm sure it's been affecting you that page from our school that came forward about like sharing stories yes definitely sexual assault and abuse absolutely like mind-boggling I I just don't have words I I don't even know what to say I have well I've read every single one of them because I just Mm -hmm. like I don't know if that makes me feel like the person who wrote it like is being heard if I read them I mean I guess it does but I don't know I just I keep I keep reading them and and I'm just like so many thoughts so many thoughts like especially I mean I was I was an RA and Mm -hmm. when I read the ones about RAs or about how people like didn't go to their RA or anything just generally any residents at all like I just was thinking like I just wonder if anyone was going through anything like that and they didn't want to bring it up to me and like like you said it's one the first step is having to face it yourself so like they weren't ready to talk to me and I totally understand and at the same time like it breaks my heart now to know that people have gone through those things and I I guess at some level like I always knew they would um but it would break my heart more to find out that like one of my residents went through something and didn't tell me and not because I would be like personally offended but Mm -hmm. I just want to be there for them and it's just it's just I don't know I mean I'm glad that it seems that people are glad that this page exists Mm -hmm. um and that people like this is finally coming to light in a way that the school can't ignore and I hope they just don't ignore it that's I think that's like the most frustrating thing about our school and I'm sure so many other schools is so much is just pushed under the rug to save face Mm -hmm. and like even even just like the simplest things like you know how involved I was with trying to like increase the mental health resources on campus right by literally just asking for better representation among the counselors and Mm -hmm. just more counselors in general Right. And I kept being met with like, oh, we don't have the budget. We can't do that. Um, All of these excuses that mostly had to do with budgeting. And they turn around and the next summer they drop like a few million dollars on redoing like one of the buildings that is not like never used (laughs) except (laughs) for when parents come. Right. Like no one can actually ever eat in this area. It's like overpriced it's like literally where the bookstore and everything is like with the just like the shining face of campus exactly but then they can't take care of their own students after there's been multiple deaths on campus and I'm sure not only the people that were going through whatever led them to that point um needed help but also now everyone surrounding that that person needs someone to talk to Right. 
and there were just no resources there and the wait times were ridiculous and then you were sent off campus for help which is just a safety risk and if you're already anxious or struggling at all with your mental health like having to now possibly take like public transportation creates a whole new issue no seriously like freshman year I did off-campus therapy and mm-hmm. I mean luckily I had no problem taking like the bus there and it was only like a block away from where the bus dropped you off um, but the last time I went back to the like to the counseling center to get connected with off-campus resources again mm-hmm. the woman there gave me just like phone numbers and was like call these people and I, like for people who don't understand anxiety this probably makes no sense at all but it like works in the weirdest way so like mm-hmm. I could take the bus no problem and I got better at talking to people and like ordering food I used to be terrible at ordering food I would just mm-hmm. start crying but like she handed me this list of phone numbers and I just knew I was never gonna call them mm-hmm. I was like I can't do that like I'm like that one thing of calling a phone even though in therapist's case they usually don't answer because they're working or they just leave it to ring so you can leave a message and they'll call you back and I know that and I'm not afraid of going to therapy and I have been to therapy and I still looked at that list of phone numbers and was like nope (laughs) (laughs) I was like the odds of me calling any of those let alone leaving a message yeah I don't know we'll see (laughs) yeah I actually did um all right the group therapy oh okay and that was very that was very interesting it was really good I really like that a lot that's actually good to hear yeah yeah I know that they they would offer that so that they could take multiple people Mm -hmm. at once rather than like individual appointments but I just don't understand how you don't have like a flourishing counseling center like everyone that goes to school is going through a new like huge life change right everyone and then if you already have um, some sort of mental health issue or maybe you're coming from a troubled home like you need extra help yes of course assistance from someone and it's it's not enough to put that on the RAs like you can't just put that on the RAs you can't have the RAs go through a few trainings and become like certified and have them suddenly be a therapist right and the RAs are going through that too yeah I mean <laughs> most of the time like your RA could just be one year older than you Right. Like, they don't have all the answers. Exactly. And, right, it's, it's not even their job to have all the answers. They it's want, not. It should be that somebody comes to them and they say, don't worry, I have this, this, and this for you. You can try them and pick which one you like the best. But when right. you don't have three options that yeah. you feel comfortable giving to someone, they're going to feel, like, defeated or, like, right. betrayed because they want you to help them and you want to help them. And it's, like, it's not that it's necessarily that you you don't know what to do, but it's, like, if there's nothing available, what can you do mm-hmm. for someone? That was, like, what I was going through when I was living in my apartment on campus with, um, like, the domestic abuse that was happening. Right. And no one was there to help. And I remember my RA was actually so amazing and was like listen technically I'm not supposed to do this this and this but I really want to help you guys and it's ridiculous that no one is here to help you Mm -hmm. um and he went out of his way to do absolutely anything he could but it was like 
wild to me that everything was like, oh, no, we can't report that or, oh, unless this happens. It's like it had to get really bad before anyone was interested in helping. Even when it was really bad, it was like left on us. And it was five, well, six females, if you include my one roommate that was in the relationship. But five of us were going trying to get help for ourselves and for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, we were just told like to have an escape plan. That's absolutely terrifying. For the next time that something were to happen. And it was like making us feel so powerless. Like we're here to study, go to our classes, like have fun together. Not to wait and run away from something if something happens. Yeah. And all of us were staying like with either friends or partners on campus so that we didn't have to be stuck where we were. But it's like, I don't want to be like, afraid to live in the, the place that I'm literally paying for right especially like you're saying like I know a lot of people I mean I know a lot of people who have self-identify themselves as coming from troubled homes and like mm-hmm. there's definitely more people who just haven't said anything about it that I know and like I feel like that is a very common situation especially at our school and other schools where people are coming here and they want to stay here so that they don't have to go home for whatever reason and if they come here and this is a terrible, like, uncomfortable place for them to be, mm-hmm. I just can't imagine how stuck that would feel, is to have your two options both be terrifying. And like you said, it's kind of like we're leaving the job if you decide to move to another place on campus. Like, is it worth moving? Is it worth meeting all these new people just to know that you may or may not feel safe there? I like literally my sophomore year I started out like on in a dorm on campus and it was I I, like I could not deal with the mental and emotional like anxiety that I, I had living in like the space that I was living in because I just had a really off like roommate situation and it made me so uncomfortable that like I actually wanted to be home more than I wanted to be at school whereas like usually I'd be like ready to be at school never wanting to leave and it took me forever for anyone to even help me try and find a new place to live on campus and I was like in such a terrible state I remember talking to an RA in my old living community on campus and I, I had just gone for a run and it like started pouring and I was soaking wet and I was like hysterically crying. And it took me to be in like such a state for someone to actually be like, okay, you know what? Like we need this person. We need to help this person. Like we need to get this person out of whatever situation they're in. And I, this was the <laughs> talk about anxiety. I was given a list of places that had an open bed. And I had to go to the rooms by myself. Oh. And ask if I could live with people. Oh, that's that's fine. Great. That was awesome. Okay, sounds like <laughs> I can't wait to do this. Don't worry, I'll just introduce myself to complete strangers and tell them my backstory in order to convince them that I can live there. Right, because then like imagine being on the flip side of that. I'd be like, well, why are you moving? Like, are you the problem? Like, right, right. <laughs> like what is happening and then that's when I decided like okay I'm gonna pay extra money to get a single because I just cannot I can't deal and 
at first I'm like so excited to go into this new apartment and it ended up being I, I don't even know if it was worse or just like different <laughs> bad <laughs> just a new flavor but like it I was like, you know what? I'm so dumb. Like by the end of that year, and that's that's when I left school. Um, by the end of that year, I was like, I just, I'm so miserable. Like I can't deal with this. And it was like, I wanted to do so much to change things on campus and how things were handled. But it's like, it's that helpless feeling that I also feel with our country right now. <laughs> that unless we tear the entire thing down and restart, and even then, it'll probably still be fucked up. Um, sorry, I just cursed. I don't know if that's allowed. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> um, like, if, unless we tear it down and start over, it's like, where do we start? Right. How do you, like, rewire people's brains? You can't do one thing at a time because it's all connected. And it's all, like, money and power and ego and reputation, like. <sighs> and the thing I think about with the whole mental health thing I say the whole mental health thing as if it's a distant thing that I just am casually talking about right now. <laughs> Let me rephrase. The thing about institutions ignoring people's mental health mm-hmm. is that it actually harms them. It is not a benefit to them. I was yes. I don't know who I was talking about this with, but I made one point. But we're gonna make two points right now. First of all, I don't know if you've ever seen the. I think it's one study. It might be a few, but the um, like the calculated economic value that is lost because people are dealing with whatever issue they are dealing with, and it's not like they're just deciding, you know. Mm-hmm. to be to lose money or whatever like when people are depressed or anxious and can't show up to work or are dealing with a mental disorder or mental situation that people do not like to talk about besides anxiety and depression and I don't mm-hmm. want to speak on things that I don't have experience with mm-hmm. um but in people who struggle with anxiety and depression alone if you want to talk about the economy I'm doing air quotes right now the economy <laughs> so much value is lost because those people can't do, us people, <laughs> right? can't do the work that they would prefer to or at the best of their ability. Yeah. And two, it's also when they wait for something to happen, it's it becomes it's just a harm reduction strategy instead of a preventative strategy. And I just think about all the people who, and I, I'm saying this because it was my experience too, and this is what got me thinking about it. Like my years in college, and I'm I'm going to be a senior in college, but especially the first two years were some of the most were the years where I was like the most depressed of my life, mm-hmm. and like freshman year was absolute rock bottom for like how I felt in every situation. Like, and I got a four point and I just think about imagine if I was happy, healthy, mm-hmm. felt supported, like. If the institution wants to win awards and grants and do all this research and have the best students in the world, don't you think that like them feeling supported and like less miserable constantly would help them do better work? Because like it would. Like I do better work when I'm not feeling terrible. And right now is one of those periods where I'm like, hey, look at that. I don't feel depressed right now. And like I it's I'm glad I can recognize that. Mm-hmm. 
but I know when the day, like, if the day comes back where that comes back, then I don't know. I, you know, like sometimes just economic value makes sense to certain people. And I can tell you the economic value of my work drops dramatically <laughs> when I yeah. am supported. Yeah. And I think like, it's also so interesting that you put it into like that perspective too, because if anyone's listening to this, that's not in the U.S. Um, capitalism is booming. <laughs> capitalism, baby. <laughs> it's all about money. So maybe if we like frame it in that way, maybe people will actually be like, oh, you know what? Like, yeah, let's make profit off of this, um, which is just disgusting. But like, that's just how it works. Oh, also, um, if you're not from the U.S., we don't have free health care. So we also have to pay for therapy. <laughs> you also get anxious about being able to afford it oh yeah that's that's great when you don't have insurance (laughs) um but yeah your point like that's like I bring that up all the time like more freedom more respect more everything like treating people better benefits everyone it benefits everyone I don't understand like it literally benefits everyone and I don't get like if 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 you don't feel good enough just benefiting other people, will you at least feel better benefiting yourself in the like Right. I, I just don't get it. There's also there's always that like I think it's like one argument and I will have to look this up, but it's like a quote about paying school taxes. I think it was you know what, I think it was John Green, which is actually kinda random. But regardless of how I feel about John Green <laughs> he was like I don't mind paying school taxes because the kids in my neighborhood going to a good school benefits me. It benefits everyone. Like people being able to learn and eat and (laughs) not be in terror of their environment all the time benefits. Right. And like going back to like the counseling thing, like if you also had like enough counselors and social workers to help at all levels of schooling, like from the very start, we would all be such better, healthier humans. Yes. So much of what goes wrong is not having proper support. Right. Or not taking proper health and care of your of your mental state. Because like if you're not taking care of yourself, it's hard to take care of other people. Right. or be yes. good for other people exactly and if everyone is just at a better state with themselves we will treat each other so much better and that is good for everyone and it's frustrating to watch this from like a policy perspective because like this we talk about this constantly and maybe it's not with mental health and for anyone listening i study environmental policy and law at my university but basically just harm reduction is not sexy it's not it doesn't benefit certain people who happen to be the people with the power to make the change for things not to happen it's easier for something to happen and then to respond to it well and be like hey i did a good job on that Mm -hmm. than it is to be like hey i prevented that from happening because you can't prove that And so if we prevent, you know, 
if we reduce the childlike anxiety rate, if we prevent mental health crises from occurring, there's not going to be really any evidence that it was prevention. And it's kind of the thing like with climate change that we talk about in environmental studies. It's like if we successfully prevent it or mitigate it at this point, mm-hmm. then people will say there's nothing to talk. There, there was nothing wrong. Then you don't know what you're talking about. But if we don't, then people are going to say, well, you didn't know what you're talking about because you didn't fix it. <laughs> and so it's like, all right, well, which one would we rather have? And it's like, I guess we'd rather have less harm and no way to prove that we did anything about it and that's what I think you and me both want is that to start from the bottom up to start with support and education and just help when you need it and the end result will be better mental health overall it's actually such an interesting point because I feel like that's how so many systems work like even when um, I had to go to like the police about what was happening, like in my apartment, they said the same thing, like, oh, we're not preventative. We're just like It's a reactive system, yeah. And I think so many systems are just reactive. Like, no, you're not going to address a problem until it's there. Right. But it's like, it is here. It's just not actively happening. Or it's like, like the problem still exists. Right. And if you can see that certain pieces are coming together, which tend to lead to a certain problem, like that should be at least investigated. Because you wouldn't say this, like, (laughs) if someone was eating a higher amount of calories than their body acquired, you wouldn't say, oh, well, you haven't gained any weight yet, so it's not a problem. (laughs) Not that gaining weight is a problem, but like, you can see... Right, like if that person, okay, if that person didn't want to gain weight, right, yeah, then you you wouldn't say, oh, don't worry, you haven't gained weight yet, so there's nothing to change. Or like a diabetic, like, oh, don't worry, we haven't seen your blood sugar spikes. So you can keep eating the donut until it right, <laughs> exactly. It's like you can you can look at someone eating excess calories, or you can look at someone eating a donut, and logically conclude that they may gain weight or their blood sugar might spike you don't have to wait for the pain or Mm -hmm. not the pain you don't have to wait for the harm to happen yeah and it you know and that's i think that's why it's so hard to like tackle all these things because they're so connected you can look at children who are in schools that don't receive proper funding or support and you can look at home environments that are not conducive to being supportive of a child and being Mm -hmm. responsive to their needs and you can say like oh well nothing's happening yet but you can also say this child might need more when they get older they probably need it right now but we can't give it to them so Mm -hmm. what can we do for them and we just that doesn't come out in a in a cost-benefit analysis yeah even like with crime too Right. Or like terrible things that end up happening, like what we experienced on our campus too. It's like if you look back at what led up to the terrible event, there's always signs of it happening. Mm-hmm. But why wasn't anything done sooner? And then it becomes this like, it's like a terrible thing that happens and the institution or wherever the thing happened, like they respond in a certain way, but it's like, why didn't you, like you had ways to prevent the 
Right. And I think you could have prevented it. In that case, too, it's another example of, I don't think she said anything about what had happened before. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to say, oh, why didn't she say anything? But it comes back to that. She didn't feel that there was a system that would support her if she said anything. And like with the account that you're talking about, too, many people don't say their name or say the person's name because they're afraid of the retaliation. We both know what happened during that incident, but I can only imagine what would happen if she tried to report it, didn't get the support or action that she needed, and then he found out. The thing that's even frustrating about um, that account where people can come forward and share their abuser's name is people still respond to it, though, saying, like, I think it's wrong that you're sharing the name, like you're ruining this person's reputation and all this stuff. And it's like, why are we still supporting the abuser? Right. Like they did a terrible thing. Like they, at least if they're not going to have anything else, if they're not going to be held accountable in any other way, they at least deserve to have their reputation tainted. It's so interesting because it's, it's like a clear example of people not being able to separate like their ideas from their identity mm-hmm. especially in the case of friendship which is especially hard and complicated but like it all comes from a place almost of like they identify with this person or they mm-hmm. or they want they don't want their reality to change and so it, it comes out in that way and it doesn't it's it, it's enabling it it tries to just push it away and it's like okay this person's reputation may be hurt maybe but like this person was hurt and now this person's dealing with the trauma and I don't know maybe that's an empathy thing like maybe because like so say you've never experienced any level of abuse or assault but like perhaps you could have been the perpetrator at some point on even just a small level you're going to immediately like want to protect someone because you actually want to protect yourself as well but like if you're someone that has been at the hand of abuse or assault you can maybe it's easier for you to like want to support the person because you see them in yourself and I think like that's like going back to what you were saying like you have to be able to separate and be like okay even though I have never experienced this I know that this is wrong and not try to like protect the other person because you're actually trying to protect yourself in some way or you're like waiting for like maybe some of these people are afraid that the same thing's going to happen to them because they know that even if they weren't the perpetrator they've been supporting and feeding into a system that allows for these things to happen and I think like that's that's like the common thing that I've seen at least from people who are against this page in any way. It's like, well, are you involved in the the groups that have anything to do with this? Right. Or even the, like... Especially. Right. I was just going to say, like, the the stories that people have been sharing anonymously to the page about how they tried to go and make changes in their organization, and they were either shut down or, like, not allowed to talk Mm -hmm. about it. And it's, like, it's just all coming out about how, like, the systems are in place to, like, maintain the status quo and the status and that's with anything it's easier to stay with the status quo than it is to change but certain 
like regulations and rules and requirements that these organizations have in place directly feed into people being put in vulnerable situations. Yeah, and that's why the page like released that thing about how many cases were happening from each place. And it was like, of course, certain ones had way more cases than others because Mm -hmm. it's not to say that people are joining that group because they want to be abusive and assault. It's because the environment within that group is accepting it. Right. And no one's saying anything against it. Therefore, the people that are either doing it or watching it happen have this idea in their head that it's okay. Yeah, no one's signing up to be like, right. I want to hurt people. Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. But yeah, and like, right. And so you wonder what, I mean, it's not like I've never gone out to a party or gone and seen like houses or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I only have a couple friends who are in Greek life and they're not even like friends I see very often. Mm-hmm. Um, any institution, like when you join and you're new, like what can you do about things? What can you do? Right. Like yeah. you're, you don't, it's abuse don't want, of power. And you don't really have choices and you don't really have, and that's not to say that like there's no responsibility for like these individual things taking place. Mm-hmm. But it's like reflecting back on what would happen at like these parties when you go it's not like a surprising yeah because we we've even you know read the stories and heard the stories about this is happening from administrators it's happening in res life like it's all an abuse of power right situation and like these the people that are experiencing the abuse and the assault feel like they're in a place where they can't speak up or they won't receive support for whatever reason that may be right and those are or the spe- they feel guilty for like letting it happen too and it's especially like heartbreaking because the abuse by administrator or a higher up like that's a special kind of betrayal like if you go to a party and a boy you don't know doesn't mean to you i'm not saying that's better i'm just saying it's a different um a different like thought process that you go through but when it's yeah. someone in power and you someone you probably respected and looked up to before who you expected mm-hmm. to be like there for you like and they took advantage of that situation yeah I think the thing that frustrates me the most about like universities especially is like you you go a lot of the times you start with whoever your guardian is. Your guardian takes you. And like for a lot of people, not everyone, but for a lot of people, their guardian will be the person that is ultimately paying for some of their schooling. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at least they have to like sign off on you. <laughs> right, yeah. And it's like they try to, the people that are like running the school, they try to, you know, put on like this great face of how things are and like you tore you tore the buildings like you tore the dorms like you see everything and they make it feel like summer camp yeah like they they try to like tell your guardian like oh we'll take great care of your kids like it's gonna be safe they're gonna grow they're gonna learn all this stuff and it's like they're the same people that will just turn their back as soon as something happens but you you tried to put on such a good face to get these guardians to sign over basically on 
this child, literally this child, this young adult coming into your hands. And just so that you can take money, basically. And then as soon as they're there, it's like there's no there's no support or hardly any. It's like, unless you form like a really good bond with like a good administrator or a good professor, mm-hmm. you're really like, there's no one there. It's very easy to just go through all of your years without making a yeah. serious connection unless you like go and find it. Yeah. And it, it's even like, it depends too on just like what even you're studying. Like there's, yeah the the whole culture like matches what you're studying for me like I studied um psychology and on an ABA track like I did a lot of education classes too and the professors in the education classes they were actually like very nice I had like the best relationship with them and it's just interesting because it's like well yeah they they wanted to be an educator they were going to be working with like younger people but like I know I've heard like from people in more stem um based courses that it's so dry or like even in business it's like (laughs) the thing that actually bothered me about the business school at our school is like it's so matched like my idea of like how the traditional like business person is (laughs) it's like there really wasn't any work like they didn't do any work but it was the easiest for them to get jobs and I swear it was all about the networking and like the bullshitting like I don't want to say that about like every like business major sorry my dog is barking that's like a stereotype and I don't want to say that about like everybody that's in the business school but it's just like no it's interesting because people in the business school will make those exact jokes though Yeah, I mean, I had so many friends in the business school that were just like, I I have no work. Yeah, they're like, you guys want to do something? I'm bored. You're what? You're bored. Things to study for. (laughs) We go to a pretty good, like, high up school. Like, I'm sure there's something you could be studying. Right. Yeah. Um, But I think that that's a problem with so many fields. Is like, you're not getting like a good perspective like I feel like any educator or just honestly I feel like any whatever you're doing (laughs) in life I feel like you should take at least one psychology class one sociology class one philosophy class like you just have to know these things you're going to be working with people wherever you're working you have to like know how to communicate properly you have to be able to like analyze okay where could this person be coming from you need to understand classism and all that stuff like you need to just get like a basic level of understanding if you're going to be working with people and chances are you're going to be working with people. (laughs) Hi, probably. and I just think that people only focus on like what it is in their specific field but then they don't get like a broader understanding and then they can never play devil's advocate. Right. It's very interesting. Like the balance between them, like getting what you pay for and then like getting the, 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 the depth. And I think what that was our school a lot, because their whole thing is like getting a broad education. So it blows my mind that like that is not in- incorporated into the, the business curriculum. Yeah. But it's like, well, if you, you go can't. to like, you can't they, like you literally as a business, like if you're in business or you're in, um, like engineering they they don't have the same 
access to classes that we have in the liberal arts school no so you like literally cannot take the class there is i can just like i doubt that it's impossible for something to be set up for like the business people to have to take the class even if it was different because i know business is like appealing to some people because of the type of work that they do even if they don't plan on being a business owner but like or the you know yeah yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) but like you know like people don't like philosophy for whatever reason but they part of it is that they don't want to write the papers so like maybe if it was a different format you know like i would that makes sense you know you don't have to write papers necessarily but it's just like you can't unlearn an idea after it like touches your brain and like i <laughs> touches oh, your sure. brain just imagine that but just like <laughs> just imagine like being absorbed in your head but it's like at least if someone throws an idea at you like you can be like you know what i respectfully disagree with that and like all right fine that's fine but like if you've never heard of it you can't disagree <laughs> like <laughs> there's yeah. not even the room for the conversation <laughs> to happen I think that's where, like, misunderstandings <laughs> between, like, debates happen. Like, if you never even learn how to, like, respectfully debate with someone or learn the difference between, like, what is something we can really debate and what is something that's, like, a moral issue. Right. That, like, it's not even about, like, disagreeing with the person. It's, like, but this is very wrong and these are the reasons why. Like, right. I think that's, like, the like what we're dealing with i mean again we have someone in power though that is telling people that these things are okay because he's not being held accountable um but there's like so many things that have been politicized that are not political issues right it's like if you break it down at some level there's going to be a mutual understanding that either we share or do not share and like that is the difference right and it's not like i'm not going to sit here and debate someone's human rights Right. Because there's nothing to debate. (laughs) And that goes back to, like, being a woman, too. It's like, no, sorry, like, my reproduction system is not something for debaters. (laughs) Like, Like, why is this even on the table right now? I have a right to my body. Like, (laughs) that's it. (laughs) Or even then, it's like, there's levels to debate. And it's like, okay, well, are you a person that would be undergoing any of these procedures no okay then you do not get to step into then the maybe arena. your voice is not <laughs> the one that's needed well, you can make public comments but we do not have to respond to them thank you <laughs> yeah i would never i would never be able to just sit there and make a decision for a body that i don't have right someone else like I, i'd be like well i have no i have no idea but even still i'd be like i mean yeah it sounds like a problem if you want to fix it go ahead <laughs> Right, I'd be like, well, what do you, what, what is your preference? Yeah. Like, which is better for you? Like, and then I'd be like, okay, great, go with that. <laughs> I'm like, does that hurt anyone else? No. All right, solid, Amazing. great, <laughs> awesome. Sounds like we've made our, our decision here. <laughs> I try to, I try to live by that. It's like literally two questions. Does do you want to do you? that? Yes. Does it hurt you or anyone else? No. All right, great job. Continue. <laughs> So these are the things I cry often about. <laughs> and that's like the kind of cry when you're like just driving and then it all hits you at once and you're like, we're fucked. Like- <laughs> Car crying is on a new level. Or when you like purposefully take a longer route or like drive slower oh. so you can have more time in the car. More time. <laughs> I'm always doing that. I'm like, let me just drive all the way around town to circle back down the road from my house. <laughs> 
it's like sometimes it's sometimes it's sad but the other day I, my niece is here and so her and I just watched Hamilton for the first time well she she has seen it many times before but I was waiting to watch it with her uh-huh. and um we were just having like a rough day so I was like you know what like let's go get coffee or something and I brought her to get coffee and on the way there we like I was like okay play my Broadway playlist like play my show tunes and she was like mm. okay cool and so she just like put them on and we were absolutely jamming in the car like Aww. jamming and on the way like we got our coffee and on the way back she's like can we just like can we just keep going i was like yeah okay this is great oh, and so I we like her. drove extra time and like we're just singing like dear evan hansen and like hamilton Aww. and she really likes like be more chill and heathers mm. so like <laughs> we're just having a great time that's so amazing. I need to see Dear Evan Hansen. <sighs> Me too. I need to see too many. I like I'm really slacking on my um my musical Your musicals. Yeah. I did see Hamilton on Broadway. Oh my god. That's like my big bragging point for any <laughs> respects or values the arts. I've seen a good amount of music at like our satellite theater, but I know I didn't see Hamilton. She did like my brother, her dad surprised her with tickets for like her birthday. Aww. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Like, we always go with, um, we get tickets through our library. Oh, so okay. they'll buy, like, group tickets, and it's a discounted, like, rate. And um, mm-hmm. we actually have a theater, like, nearby, so it is nice to, like, just go and That's see so them. so cute. I can't wait until it's safe to go to shows again. Yeah. So sad. It is. It's like everything this semester is, um, is canceled, basically. Like, there's no clubs. All sports. Oh, wow. No, no clubs. Nope. I don't know if they want to do like virtual clubs or something, but I don't know how those are going to happen um, for the most part. But yeah, there's no like theater events, shows, things like that. Yeah, so it's going to be tough as an incoming is. freshman or a transfer student. I mean, luckily our area is like already, it's been in phase four for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I think things are coming back, but I've just been like looking up things to do. Like they have like, um, socially distanced yoga in the park which is nice i'm like i'm gonna go to that yeah i've seen people do parking lot yoga and they have it like taped off and you just bring your mat so cute people are getting creative that's i think that's good i I think like at first everyone was freaking out because it was so new like they were like wait how am i gonna do anything but now people are like okay like it'll work it out easy to just not be like on top of each other yeah You don't have to be in space all the time. Which is actually, it's been nice. It's like, oh, we don't have to shake hands. Great. We don't have to hug. Like, we don't have to go through the whole, like, weird exchange. Right. Like, hello is sufficient. (laughs) Over there. (laughs) Please stay over there. Thank you. (laughs) I have to say, like, personally, I I love the whole, uh, like, either online ordering or just, like, pick up and go. That is great. I think that is something we should always stick with. Yes. Like, even just from where I work, it's, like, they call, have them either pay online or over the phone. They pull up. We get their vehicle information. You take the bag out, and it's, like, bye. No one has to come in. Yep. Like, it's, like, less issue. And then we have the right, too, to ask people to step out of the store. So it's, like, could you go wait in your car, please? Or could you go wait outside? And we don't have to have them, like, stay in the store. It's nice. <laughs> it is nice. I know. I order my food. I walk. Or even, like, if it's not the, the curbside pickup, like, I mean, 
places like Chipotle and Glaze Pizza were like doing it too, where you could just like order online and walk in. Yeah, and it's like right there um, on the table. Yeah, but they were they were ahead of the wave on that one. No exchange of air required. We don't have to breathe at each other. <laughs> SpongeBob reference. At least we got one in. <laughs> I was thinking about that literally like the other day. Me and my friends were talking about like how we couldn't imagine not growing up and watching SpongeBob. I mean, like someone our age because it was there and like not like maybe yeah. new, like younger kids, but. And then, like, literally for a solid hour, like, we were coming up with quotes. Like, I, I say SpongeBob quotes constantly. And, like, Where are they stored? Like, I don't even know I know them. I don't know. They're <laughs> so clear. They're not even, like, memes. It's not even, like... No, it's just... Oh, there it is. <laughs> it's like, you need one for the situation? Like, I will just pull a random line out of an episode I saw maybe twice. From, like, season two. <laughs> like, I had to be, what, eight years old? Literally. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. That some of the kids like I would babysit for, I'd put SpongeBob on, on and they'd be like, We're not allowed to watch this and I'd be like, You're <laughs> what? <laughs> like this is integral to your growth as a human being. <laughs> some of my friends weren't allowed to watch it. Why? I feel like adults thought it was abrasive. And I get that it's pretty <laughs> absurd. But I don't think it's I don't think it is in the way that they think it is almost. No, it honestly like it didn't have as many innuendos as, like, say, even Rugrats. So many old shows. Also, SpongeBob was never, um, they didn't use offensive humor. Like, I think that's the greatest thing about the show is, like, it's based under the sea. So it's all fish and, like, weird objects. <laughs> right, right. So it's, like, there was never, like, any offensive group. Like, they, they were not targeting anyone. They, their humor was purely just what the heck i don't trying to like scan through like the shows i think the only time i can think of is like i mean they make fun of patrick for being stupid but i like no they i the one i can think of is like when you know the episode when they go above the water like when uh, sandy takes off her like uh, suit and they make fun of her for being like a girl or something but then she, like, gets her retribution because none of them can survive above land, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, but... That, that is, was, like, the only thing. That's the only one I could think of. And they, they did make fun of her for being, like, Southern, too. Like, Dirty Dan and, uh... <laughs> dirty Dan. <laughs> um, dirty Dan. <laughs> oh, my God. That was, like, the only thing. Yeah, that is a good point. But they that wasn't, like... That wasn't the type of humor that they, like, fed off of. Like, like Family Guy or South Park. Yeah, yeah, I get you. It was never to, like, attack. It was right. just, like, what the heck is going on? Like, is mayonnaise an instrument? Like, what? <laughs> That's a, that is a defining quote of our generation, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. I saw this thing that was, like, this girl being, like, a really patient parent on tiktok and um people were all like oh wow this is great like your your child is gonna grow up to be um so self-aware and patient with themselves and then someone was like yeah but they won't be funny because they won't have any trauma <laughs> it's like oh the my price God. we have to pay the price we have to pay is all our kids won't be funny anymore <laughs> darn how dare they be <laughs> emotionally well <laughs> oh Imagine that. Imagine that. All right, so let's take a break and then okay. 
We'll be right back. So I just wanted to ask, so in all this, um, all this conflict that has been making you cry, what have been some things that you've been turning to to try to, to soothe yourself or take action on feeling better? Well, music is what I've been working on. Um, I do find it hard to communicate through spoken word a lot of the time. Um, it's like way easier to like write things out. And for me to, like, be able to work through a lot of my own thoughts and feelings or express them in, like, a way that makes sense and, like, gets everything across, writing is, like, my thing. I'm lucky enough to be able to work with um, other writers and producers and musicians to, like, create those ideas in, like, complete forms and then get to do, like, visuals and stuff to them as well. Um, but other than, than that type of outlet, uh, to clear my mind, usually like exercising, definitely listening to music. I try not to watch too many shows. I feel like it's so easy to get like wrapped up in the world of a show, at least for me. Um, and it can be like emotionally draining a lot of the times. So I try not to do that, but like definitely listening to music, being outside, running like I have to run after work sometimes just to be able to get to like a stable state of like okay I'm fine I'm still human I still have like a level of freedom in myself um and to like be at a better functioning state for like all the other humans around me (laughs) Rojane thank you so much for being on with me before we go do you have any advice or final thoughts that you want to give to people listening at home I guess Remember that you have one life to live (laughs) and to take care of yourself and to take care of others and go with what Julia said and make decisions based off of if it makes you feel good and if it is going to benefit you or harm someone else, act accordingly. Yeah, and be a goofball. I don't know. I literally make so many friends. Or make people feel comfortable by, like, thriving off of making a situation awkward for no reason. If you just force the awkwardness in there, it's like, everyone just feels like, okay, thank God. Like, (laughs) yeah, don't let your ego affect you. That's all for today's episode. I highly recommend checking out Rojine's work. You can find her on Instagram at RojineXMarie. That's R-O-I-S-I-N-X-Marie. And on Spotify as Rojine Marie. Her links are in the description as well as our Instagram. Be sure to follow that if you don't already. We are at What I Cried About. And you can find our episode archives and links to our YouTube on WhatICriedAbout.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you again next time.